Well. What is up, everybody? I can't quite figure out. Why this microphone doesn't pick up the music quite as well? I mean, I really got to hold the mic right up to the speaker. I got to get some new equipment. What's going on, everybody? Come on. Last night was Beth's, the premiere for her movie. It was so amazing. Sing it. Come on. Tell me something good. Tell me that you like it. Yeah. So good. Always good, right? Like, always good. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Fairly Normal. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I hope you've been having a good day wherever you happen to be in this great fucking world of ours i am excited to be with you today uh so much to talk to you about so much to talk to you about let's start with beth's premiere for those of you who don't know or you've been not been paying attention to things that i've been saying for the last month which is possible my wife wrote and directed a movie called forever my girl it is getting crazy coverage and reviews and it's actually really in tune with this song you know for so many years every movie last for the last year or two i think you know you're either dealing with movies that are like the avengers like huge blockbuster 200 million dollar movies or like tiny, dark movies. And they could be dark comedies, but dark. And there haven't been a whole lot of feel-good romance romance or romantic comedy movies. They just haven't been. I'm not sure why. But there's been a void. And I think, and this movie is such a feel-good movie, and it's so well-written, it has so much heart. And I'm not just saying this because she's my wife. And I want her to be wildly successful so I never have to work again. I, I'm saying it because I'm honestly telling you guys, as a man who generally is not a fan of these type of movies. Oh, 16, by no doubt, off the Tragic Kingdom album. Oh, you know what I'm going to start doing? Fuck it. I'm going to start posting these. Maybe I'll figure out how to put a playlist together. How do you put a playlist? I'll figure Once I figure out how to put a playlist together, guys, it's going to be crazy. No, I don't know how to do it. I just don't know how to put it on Spotify or something like that. I'll figure it out. 
I love me some Gwen Stefani. But this is 16, no doubt. Um, so yeah, amazing and a great time. But as a man who doesn't generally love these types of movies, it has such a great uh, leading... Alex Rowe is a great leading man. Handsome as shit. But just great. Very relatable to other dudes. And um, there's such a great father-son storyline in here. There really is a little something for everybody. The original music is off the charts good. And I would, you know, anybody who knows me knows Beth and knows that she's been, had her head down to the grindstone for 20 years. And um, so I would implore all of you to, to, even if not your type of movie, to go see this to support somebody who never gave up. I think that's the kind of shit uh, we should all be supporting. Somebody who never gave up on their dream, man. That's what we do here. So, you know, one thing Beth and I are, we always say to each other is that we always go all in. Like, she and I have always gone all in. All in. And risked everything, you know? And so, we both went all in on her career. I told her over and over again. I was like, hey, listen, I hope you're not banking on me. Like, I'm going to make enough money for us to live, but you are going to be making the retirement money. And I would tell her over and over again, I believe in you. Like, you're going to be the person who saves the family. And here we are. And the movie's so good. And the acting is so good. Alex Rose so good. Jessica Roth is so good. The, uh, you just got to go see the, the girl who plays the little girl. Abby might steal the movie. Might. It's so good. Anyways, last night the premiere was amazing. Going to see it and seeing Beth and, you know, watching her get all the accolades. And it was so funny to see her on the red carpet, you know. She seemed nervous. If, like, she was talking about, like, she, but she went on there and just fucking slayed that carpet. Killed it. Um, and it was, uh, it was interesting, you know. Oh, and by the way, people have asked me. Why aren't I in the movie? I'm going to tell you the truth. I told her early on. She offered. She was like, you want to be in the movie? I was like, "Mm, let's make this one as good as we possibly can. Like, if you think I'm going to make the movie better, do it. But if not, let's just make this as good as as it can be. And so that's what she did. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought she'd say, no, you should be in the movie. So it was kind of like a rhetorical, no, don't put me in. Okay, I'll go in. And then she was like, no, good, I'm glad. And I was like, oh, shit, hold on. Um, But, uh... It was interesting. Last night was the first time in our relationship together. Oh, come on, everybody. Lucinda Williams. Too cool to be forgotten. Off the car wheels on a gravel road album. Lucinda Williams, guys. Come on. I cannot wait to tell you my Lucinda Williams story. Don't let me forget. Um... But last night was the first time in our relationship where the roles were a little reversed, you know? And um, she was the one in front of the cameras. And she was the one getting asked questions. And I was the one just standing there in the background. I was holding her phone and shit. And I got to tell you, I, I loved it. I loved watching her do her thing and and finally get the attention and uh, accolades that she deserves it was really 
look, until you're in that situation, you don't know how you're going to react. Um, and I didn't know. I thought I'd be happy for her, but fucking how do I know? And I couldn't have been more happy. Could not have been happier. Guys, my goal here is to become a kept man. Make no mistake about it. This time next year, I'm hoping to be fat with a beard wearing a sun hat. 24 fucking 7. I, I, it's funny, you know, people are like, hey, man. I got buddies like, you want to be kept man? You want to be kept man? How's it going to feel when she makes all the money? I'm like, it's going to feel pretty fucking good. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to feel pretty good. Like, what's your self-worth going to be? My self-worth. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Knowing that I have a very uh, strong, intelligent, uh, beautiful, successful wife. That no longer... It doesn't, it's no longer necessary for me to work. Like, isn't that the fucking goal? Don't we all want to stop working at some point in time? I'm not going to sit here just with my finger in my ass all day. I'll do podcasts and and uh, all that stuff. But, you know, sun hat, beard, fat as fuck. I'm hoping to start growing my beard on Friday when her movie comes out and just not shave it until a year from Friday. That would also probably negate the uh, possibility of me... I'm having sex, so maybe I'll rethink that. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I'm happy that it's her time. And I guess it could be our time. But, like, I really feel like her career is, is starting. Guys, look where we're at, man. I mean... It's the time. Not only is she incredibly talented, not only is this an amazing movie... But to be a female writer and director right now, it's perfect. Guys, I just want to, I'm ready to be a kept man. Oh, I'm going to start taking weird classes. Like, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be like, people are going to be like, did you hear Josh is taking pottery class? Just with my sun hat, fucking beard, just stains on my shirt and shit. Always a joint in my ear. Taking pottery class. You know, <laughs> learn how to sculpt with ice and shit. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to go into a Hunter S. Thompson stage of my life where I just get fucked up and write weird shit all the time. Actually, if we're being honest, what I'm hoping this does for me is that, you know, I have, I have something that I'm starting hopefully in February that I can just go a hundred percent in on and, uh, and try it's 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 a leap of faith for me, but it's like I said, she and I have always gone all in. She and I have always gone all in. So when we first started, when we were first together, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard the belt and buckle story. The we paid for our wedding with belts and belt buckles that we had made in Mexico. Have I t- I've told you this story about a zillion times. But we go all in. We booked the wedding. Had no idea how we were going to pay rent or for the wedding leading up to it. But we book it. We go all in. We push the chips in. And we're like, listen, if we want it to happen, we just going to start. Oh, how about this, guys? Elvis Costello. The angels want to wear my red shoes. Love Elvis Costello. Um, so 
yeah, we went all in on that. And then, you know, one time, okay, we were, leave, we were living in this little apartment. We had zero dollars. But the landlord was like a real fucking slumlord. And we, uh, oh my God, we got this notice one day. It was probably like a, maybe there were 30 apartments there. Maybe. Somewhere between 20 and 30. And we got, we got a notice that the building had been sold. And we were like, okay. And then shit started falling apart. Water would not work for like a day. They were just doing things, you could tell, just to drive people out. And he was slumlording it. And really, like, not good stuff. And then, finally, they sent a notice that said, everybody needs to be out in whatever it was, 60 days, 90 days, because we sold it, and we're knocking it down, and we're turning it into condos. Now, we didn't have any money, so we were planning on waiting out the full 90 days anyways. But then this dude started doing real shady shit to get everybody out sooner. And then, it was, honestly, it was just down to me, us, and our neighbors right next to us. And we weren't moving because we didn't have any money to move. And they weren't moving because they had lived there for I don't know how many fucking years, and they were just trying to get their shit together, you know? And then this motherfucker started renting out the empty apartments to people for like double or triple what they were charging us, which was illegal. You can't... Tell people you're tearing it down, have them move out, and then move people in to charge them double or triple. And that's that's bad mojo. So Beth and I were like, fuck it, we're not leaving. He's going to have to pay us to leave. Because we didn't have enough money to move in somewhere. We didn't have, and this dude was being a shady, illegal motherfucker. So I was like, hey, we're not leaving. I was like, I just told her, I go, fuck him. We're not leaving. He's making us uncomfortable. He's turned off our water. All this shit. We're not leaving. He can, and he's doing this illegal. We're going to stay here. We're going to hold up him by him tearing this place down to build condos. And I remember we were like, we're taking this guy to court. And we didn't have any money to go to court. Any money. Oh, this is one of my new favorite bands. I know they're not new, but they're new to me. They're called Lucero. This song is called Sometimes, off the Women and Work album. Sometimes it's quiet in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it's alright. But tonight the silence. One of the best kept musical secrets out there, Lucero. So good. So we take this dude. He he shows up in court, and he's an Armenian dude, and he shows up in his sweatsuit and. He was being a dick. Because we had tried to meet with him a couple times. Be like, look, man, we don't have to go to court if you don't want to. But we're going to need some money, man. Like, you're, you fucked over a bunch of people. What you're doing is illegal. And, um, and guys, right when he bought the place, by the way, when I mean he was doing asshole things, he drained the pool and just let it start to stink. He was just trying to slowly drive people out of there like a dick. First, he was trying to slowly drive people out so he could move new people in. You can't charge the old people. You can't double or triple their rent. But if you're, somebody new is moving in, you can start over. And uh, we show up at court, and this dude was cocky as fuck. And he walked up to me and Beth and uh, our lawyer, and he was like, hey, you guys made a mistake coming here. And I was like, hey, dude, get your checkbook out. 
I said, this is an open and shut case. And he was like, we'll see. And I said, okay. We walked in there. Man, that judge didn't even let that motherfucker talk. She was like, what? What is going on? Looked at all the things. And she was like, is this true? The dude's lawyer. And uh, he said something. She was like, yeah. And basically said, he's going to owe them some money. And that was it. We walked out. Oh, it was so good. But we go all in. All in. This house we're in now, man, we are all in. Because on the off chance that it's just my career that has to support this house. <laughs> that's just not happening. Um, I'm super excited for her. She went all in on this movie. She goes all in on everything. And uh, I hope you guys go and see it, man. Um, I uh, There's so many things I want to talk to you about. First, I want to talk about the Patriots. I have to tell you, of course I'm rooting for them. Of course I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. But if they did not win, I, would, uh, I wouldn't hate seeing the Vikings or the Jaguars win. I wouldn't hate seeing either one of those teams win. I really wouldn't. I, I, or Philly. Like, they all, they all have great stories, you know? And even at, here's the thing. As a Red Sox fan, guys, you understand I grew up watching the Yankees buy championships or buy whatever they said. They, but they were fucking those years when the Yankees were just winning. Like, it was torture for me. And I understand it. So I understand from the outside perspective looking in at the Patriots, although not quite the Yankees because they're not buying championships and, you know, they have the best player of all time and the best coach and whatever. Um, but, but I totally get the distaste for them. And even for me. I know this is going to sound weird, but even for me, I'm like, no, all right. Like, okay. It was weird. I don't know if it's because it's commonplace now or just that I'm getting older, so I'm not as invested emotionally. But guys, like, I watched the game kind of, kind of. I don't know what it is. Like, this, these past two years... I mean, I, don't get me wrong, guys. I love sports, and I love watching. But if the Patriots lost on Sunday, a minute after the game, I would be over it. I, would, it's not, I don't hold on to that shit at all. It's not important to me. You know, I, I, it took me a long time to realize I don't play for that team. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not on that team. So why am I more invested than the people wearing the fucking uniform? That's why when I see people fighting, fucking fighting over us, fuck you. If you are fighting... In the in like a at a sports game because you of the other team or you don't like the other team or like you stab somebody like you are a dumb motherfucker. If you're getting in a fight or killing somebody because of a sport, you are a dumb dummy. You're one of the dumbest dummies of all the dumb dummies that the dumb dummies could ever get together and put together as dumb. Oh, guys, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Does anybody know these guys? It's called I Hate You. I mean, I'm a fan. Bring it. Yeah.
Come on. It's a good tune called I Hate You. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if I'm saying, my, is that weird? You ever heard of Patriot? I'm all, I don't want them to lose, but maybe I would get more. Maybe once they start losing again, Brady leaves, Belichick leaves. They suck for a decade or two, which is bound to happen. And then I'll be excited again. Or maybe I'm just at a point where I'm like, yeah, that's fun to watch. But I can't invest any real emotion because it's just a game. I can't decide which one it is. Oh, fucking Kelly Clarkson tweeted me. What? Let's talk about what's really important. Kelly Clarkson tweeted me. And she inferred that she saw me singing one of her songs on my Instagram story. What the fuck? I don't want to say that I I fangirled, but I fangirled the fuck out. And Fortune and I, Fortune Feimster, were talking about it last night at the premiere. Are you kidding me? Kelly Clarkson knew that I was singing her song? Guys, so the next move is I'm going to... You know, try as hard as I can to see if she'll go do some karaoke with Fortune and I. And I I will get up and sing Since You've Been Gone right in front of her face. Since You've Been Gone! Oh, no, that's not what I would sing. Do you want me to play for you what I would sing? I'll play it after this. I'll have to find it. But, guys, Kelly Clarkson. So, I, I was. it started me thinking, who are the people? If I like who would who I who would I be equally excited about to get a tweet back from? Kelly Clarkson. Miley Cyrus. Two uh, two for sure I that are right at the top of that list. Um Tom Brady. Julian Edelman. Those would be great. Um, and it, rounding out the top five, I don't, I honestly, I know it's going to sound crazy, but how great it would be, would it be to get a tweet back from Trump? I mean, how fucking crazy would that be? If you realize that the president of the United States was in the White House, like, I wonder what Josh Wolf is doing. Like that would be pretty great. It would be pretty great. Um, but yeah, the tweet from Kelly Clarkson, guys. And when she said that she said something about my Instagram story, singing one of her songs, uh, I mean, I don't, I can't remember the last time I put the phone down and I was like, uh, I have a screen grab. Maybe I should tweet it out. No, because then I'm going to feel like an asshole, but it's so good. I'm so excited. Uh, I told you I was going to tell you my Lucinda Williams story. I was in Seattle once, and I was at a bar, and um, there was a dude at the bar who had this notebook of meticulous, meticulous drawings, just bananas, and um, I sat down next to him, I started talking to him, I enjoy people who are a little unhinged, that shit makes me happy, and so, (laughs) so, I started talking to him, I'm like, those drawings are amazing and he said yeah he said i'm the um i'm the architect of time and i was like what and he said i'm the architect of time and i said you invented time and he goes no no no, that was god i'm the architect and i was like huh and so he started showing me these pictures and then he would draw them freehand the straightest line you've ever seen 
and it just is crazy three-dimensional looking just like this dude was so prolific with his hands the guys come on the lumineers long way from home So good. But yeah, so we're in the bar and um, architect of time. And I'm like, huh. So he's like talking to me about how time, like how he deconstructs it and how he can travel through it. This dude is clearly bananas, but must have been an architect or some sort of engineer at some point in time in his life. I'm assuming before some sort of mental illness took, took over, you know, and I'm, fascinated talking to this guy and about how he's talking about traveling through black holes and all this shit and and then um this group of people walks in and there's a little murmur and i don't really recognize the people i don't know and they the woman sits down next to me and there's a dude sits down next to her and then they join the conversation and it's lucinda williams you know she's talking about how they're playing in seattle and uh but lucinda williams and and the architect of time really connected like she, I was talking to him like, oh, this is, I might even get a bit out of this. You know what I mean? Like I was talking to him, not like an asshole, but like, like I do, like as a comic, I like weird shit. I like to see weird shit. I like to talk to people who talk about weird shit. And that was my interest. Her interest was genuine. Like, oh, this is the architect of time. I should probably get to know him. It was kind of like asking sincere questions. And when we, she and I talked afterwards, she was like, yeah, I'm so nice to meet the architect of time. I was like, I guess. But I remember when I, I told the architect at the time, I was like, I'm, uh, I, I was like, I got to go. I'm walking back to the hotel. And he was like, let me walk with you. And I was like, eh. but the bartender was like, you know, when he went to the bathroom, he was like, he's fine. Totally harmless. He's in here a lot. He's just a little off. And, uh, and then he said to me, he goes, did he offer to walk you back to the hotel? I go, yeah. And I go, is that weird? He goes, no, he's done that before. And I go, I'm not sure I'm gonna. He was like, listen, man. On the off chance that he is the architect of time, you're going to be safe. And I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> like, just on the, oh, come on. From the Dandy Warhols, everybody. The last high off the Welcome to the Monkey House album. I'm enjoying this little playlist today, everybody, a lot. So good. Um, so the architect of time walked me back to the, walked me back to the hotel. It was really a fascinating night. Fascinating night. My buddy who lives up there, Pete, uh, Pete Moran. I believe Pete was with me that night. It was fucking bananas. Uh, but the architect of time, man, I went back to that bar. I've been back probably two or three times since then looking for the architect of time. That's like, you know, so when we were, we didn't have a whole lot of money, obviously. There's been a lot of my life like that. And uh, we were at, uh, it was Thanksgiving. I remember Jacob and I had been, it's, th- these are the only two people I remember I've met one time, but they made, they left such an impression on me that I went back to try to find them um, over a couple of years. But this woman, we were at Vaughn's and there was this older Hispanic woman, this Mexican woman who was, 
standing there helping people pick out their pieces of turkey. And we were there to pick out some turkey, too. We ended up inviting oh, more people than we thought. We're going to run a turkey. We didn't have a whole lot of money. But I was like, we need to go get some more meat. So uh, we go to Gelson's right near our house. And um, walk in. And there's this woman who's like, that looks good. And helping people. And she helped us. And I said to her, so are you going to get some? And she said, no, I can't afford any meat this year. And uh, as soon as she said that, this is the way you said that. I couldn't afford turkey. Not that I couldn't afford a turkey or I couldn't afford to feed. I couldn't afford meat. It was really heartbreaking. And I wasn't in a position to, you know, buy whole turkeys. But this was just one tiny Mexican woman, you know. And I said, let me... Uh, Will you let my son and I buy you some meat? And um, she said, really? And I said, yeah, w- would you let us buy you like a drumstick or and a breast or like whatever you need for your Thanksgiving meal for you and your family? And she said, that would be so nice. And so Jacob and I, um, we bought her the meat and we did our shopping. And when we handed it to her, she started to tear up and... Uh, and so that really hit home, like, oh, yeah, 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 this was the right thing to do. And we're driving, Jacob and I were driving out of there, and we were still talking about it. And we were reflecting on how over the holidays, like, you know, to be alone on the holidays, especially older and alone, when you can look back at all the people you've met and what they're probably, you're reflecting on what they're doing, their families, everybody else is with somebody, you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's easy for young people either, but like, you know, when, when there's more of your life behind you than in front of you and you're alone, I, I imagine that's even a little like an extra special loneliness. And uh, we were driving back to our house and we saw her walking down the street holding her, <laughs> her package of meat and just she was just weeping. And, um, she, and she waved and she was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And... Um, we got home and we told Beth the story. And even on the way there, I told, I was saying to Jacob and Jacob said to me, he said, we should invite her to Thanksgiving. We should invite her to Thanksgiving. And I was like, it's so forward. Like I'm, we're, we're assuming that this woman is lonely and she doesn't, is it forward to ask her to, and uh, he was like, we should, we should. Right when we got back and we told Beth and she said that it's the first thing she said, she said, go back and get her. Are you fucking crazy? So Jakey and I went back and we drove around for half an hour and we named her Mexican Nana because that's what she was. She looked like my Nana, but Mexican and um, drove around and we could never find her. But every year for like three years after that, we went back on Thanksgiving to that bonds around that time to look for Mexican Nana and uh, we never found her. It's so interesting. I don't even know how I got on that topic, but it's so interesting how people leave such a, oh, fuck, when this album came out, this is one of those albums that makes you just want to fuck and fight at the same time. Hozier, To Be Alone, Listen to that shit. Wait a second.
Ooh, so good. Yeah, but it's weird how people leave like an indelible mark on you like that, you know? And, I, and it's interesting when you look back to see people who were influential, who didn't know they were going to be influential, and you certainly didn't know they were going to be influential, but like something about them or the interaction or their energy or their soul or their spirit that sticks with you. You know, when you meet those people, I think it's important to take note of where you are, what you're doing, and why you feel like they are, why they are leaving such a mark on you. You know what I mean? That's important, man. Because you could look back, if you look back and if you read your list, you're like, oh, all these people have this in common. You know what I mean? They all gave me a hand job. Whatever it is. That's probably not it. God, it feels good. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about Aziz. I, I just feel like it is a hornet's nest. Either way, a hornet's nest. Because uh, we're not at a point where I feel like, look, everything needs to have discussions. And let me just say this about Aziz. I've never met him. I have no idea what he's like, what he's not like from firsthand experience. I can tell you that, I don't know, I, I've never heard any rumors about him about being a sexual predator. I've heard a ton about him just being a general asshole. Like a real dick. So, um, yeah, that is what I've heard about him. But I haven't heard any of that sexual predator, about being a sexual predator. And um, I have my own take on that night and the date but I'm gonna wait for everything to kind of cool down a little bit and you know obviously no excuse for his behavior uh but as much of an asshole as I think he is and as much of a fucking ungrateful douchewad and a guy who didn't put his dues in and a guy who is a dickhead to people who are not at the same level as he is all that shit that is what I've heard Regardless, this, in my brain, this date is not, should not end his career. Shouldn't end his, like, this is not, this is not, it just seems like for, and like I said, man, I don't even think he's funny. I think he's the least funny motherfucker. The least funny motherfucker. I don't even understand when people are like, I think he's funny. I don't understand, I don't even, there are a lot of people I don't think are funny, but at least I get it. I get, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense to me. This, I don't even fucking, there are no jokes. He's the fucking worst. That being said, man, it just sounds like he was incredibly pushy. Had a little bit of an entitlement being a fucking star. Uh, but to have the his career possibly ruined, it seems like, it seems a bit extreme. But here's the thing, I don't know. Because we're new into this pool. We're new. I don't know what the proper etiquette is. I don't know what the proper etiquette is. I I, I honestly don't. Um, I don't. But I also don't think he deserves... And deserves got nothing to do with it. He deserves a punch in the fucking face for being an asshole. 
Guys, I think everybody, man and woman, at some point in their life, when they're mouthing off, every man and woman should get punched in the face one time. Super hard. You know hard, like when, I hear, like when you hear like a two-by-four break, is it makes that sound. Bop! Everybody gets a really... Because I think everybody needs to feel that. To know, oh shit, if I run my mouth, this is what could happen. You can tell people who've never been punched in the face before. You can fucking totally tell. Everybody should get whacked one fucking time. I really like this song, guys, everybody. What a difference from what I've been playing. Coming up a little Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. This dude. Uh. I'm I'm gonna tell you something right now. This guy, when it's all said and done, he the list of hits this motherfucker's gonna put out, it's gonna be mind blowing. Mind blowing. Um anyways, I didn't want to get into Aziz. That's I went in further than I wanted to, but like I don't know, man. We I think we it's I'm super happy that it's all out people are starting to talk about it. Uh but also, like, we just got to be careful where the witch hunts go. And like I said, as much as I fucking heard he's a dick, I'm not sure he deserves to be in the same Twitter mob as Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and those motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be a separate Twitter mob. But he's all being lumped in as a sexual predator. and all. I just don't know if it's fair to assign that to him and again i don't know him well enough and there may be other stories that come out i don't fucking know i honestly don't but i'm just judging it on this one story right here um and guys another thing i think it's super funny that we all sit back and throw rocks at these fucking people none of us are perfect none of us are perfect none of us are perfect and then we do the best of what we can you know you know, I'm not perfect. I, sometimes it bothers me. Not bothers me. But sometimes I'm like... And Beth and I have a great relationship. And we love each other very much. But we don't have a perfect relationship. And sometimes when I read comments from people, it reminds me, when you're looking at it from the outside, people's lives on social media look perfect. Well, Beth and I have been through our own shit. I, I'm, I'm here to admit to you fully that... There were times in our relationship where I was a better father than I was a husband. You know what I mean? And probably vice versa. There were times where I was a better husband than I was a father. We're people, everybody. We're people. You know? And all I, we, Beth and I always go back to is that, like, you know, what's, what it goes back to is the most important thing is that we fucking really love each other. You know? But to hold people up to this... Any kind of perfection. Not saying Aziz or these sexual predators or... You know what I mean? That's that's not a mark against perfection. That's like... Illegal. Like, I know that... Against... But Harvey, Wein, Harvey Weinstein should be in jail. Spacey should be in jail. That kid was underage. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, like... We need to stop being so surprised. Because people are people. 
Just look at your life. Just look at your life. Look at your life. Think about the worst three things you've ever done, said. Would you want to be judged by that? Do you think the worst things you've ever done or said are a good judge of who you are and your character? No, of course not. They, of course not. Because we're people. You know what I mean? So, uh, all right, guys. This is already longer than half an hour. We're going to end on the Avett Brothers. Incomplete and insecure. Guys, at the end of the day, just be the best person you can. Be the best person you can. And everybody fucks up. And then be the best person you can after that. That's it. The funny thing to me about today's politics and basic vibe in the country right now. You know, Ryan Lochte is the example I always go back to. We excuse shit from people that we know because we know their character. Now, somebody else we don't know could do the same exact thing and you could indict. You could be like, that is the fucking uh, uh, biggest asshole entitled. Like, why not Ryan Lochte? Turns out what this did do, dude did over the Olympics was he peed on a wall and he ripped a poster off of it on the outdoors. He also lied, but let's go to the actual thing. And people talking about entitled American, entitled white dude. Hey, every man I know has peed outside on a wall. Every single one. Every one. That has nothing to do with entitlement. And he ripped a poster off the wall. Yeah, drunk. Not a big deal. Right? If your brother did that, your best friend did that, you'd be like, man, come on, everybody. What's the big deal? But you are somehow projecting perfection onto these people who are on the world stage. They're people. People. Now, Ryan Lochte does turn out to be a bit of a douche, but I think that's just because he's dumb as a pile of rocks. I got to go, everybody. I'm going to do Ross Matthews' podcast, and it's time to go. But I love you. ComedianJoshWolf.com for tour dates. Make sure you check out Prince and the Wolf. Best movie forever, my girl, comes out Friday, January 19th. And here is to me, getting fat, growing a beard, wearing a sun hat. I want you guys to be good to each other. Do something nice for somebody today. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And if you can't, do it tomorrow. Be good to each other, everybody. I love you. I hope to catch you back here next week. Comedian Josh Wolf.com for tour dates at Josh Wolf Comedy, all that other shit. You know the deal.